You're tuning in to the Black Hollywood Live Network, featuring news, interviews, and commentary on all things Black Hollywood. Hollywood redefined. From Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menounos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is Black Hollywood Live, Geek Nerd Tech, featuring a weekly roundup of tech news and gossip. Black Hollywood Live, Hollywood redefined. You're listening to Black Hollywood Live. And now, the host for Black Hollywood Live, Geek Nerd Tech. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Geek Nerd Tech, the show we break down nerd culture and tech news from a black and brown geek perspective. Uh, as always, I'm Joe Braswell, and I'm joined by my man, Achilles Shine. Hey, man, what's good, brother? How you doing? Going pretty good, man. Um, in here, you know, doing the thing. Doing the thing? Okay. Yes, sir. What, what about you, man? I'm fantastic. I'm doing good. You know what time it is? Uh, no, I don't know what no, time. No, no, so, Joe, no, no, no. All right, I, I will spare everyone for a ver- from, from my 1987 verse on um, "You're a Customer" because we have a special guest in studio today. Uh, we have Hudson Lochi. Is that correct? Yep, that's yep, that's how it is. Uh, yes, Hudson Lochi from 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 Trey, the app, the, the app Trey. He's a uh, it's part of a wonderful company that has this fantastic app that we um, like and want to talk about and get to him. Um, and find out all about that and how it, and really get into sort of like, you know, this sort of, uh, we've talked a lot about this sort of moneyless society that we're heading towards and the Apple pays of the world and these apps and, um, a lot of things that we've been talking about lately. And so I think Trey is a, a big part of that. And, and we'll, we'll get to that a little later. We'll find out a little bit more about you and about the app, um, a little later on, but we'll do our normal show. You can chime in if you want. It's okay if you don't want to. Um, I need a rhyme from you though right now, Keely. Um, I'm totally kidding. Uh, uh, thank you for coming by though. Thank you for coming. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. And uh, Alexis, how you doing? I am doing great. You're doing great. Yep. Trying to look. Got some curls in today. I know. Trying to look a little nicer. You, you look lovely. It's Friday. Oh, thanks, guys. Um, I saw you yesterday. Um, yes. I'll make up up. Well, yeah, because I do. If you if you see our sister uh, network, After Buzz yes. TV, uh, Joe does Blacklist, and I do uh, Face Off, which is a makeup show. Yes, so you guys should check it out. Nice. And then she was she had a full cat face yesterday. Yeah, it I was, scared the, che- the, hell I was the Cheshire Cat. <laughs> the Cheshire Cat. Yeah, I don't know what the hell is going on, <laughs> but uh, it's good to see you. It's just it's just for you, Joe. Um, thank you. Um, so lots going on this month. As as, as many of you know, it's, it's Black History Month this month, the month of February. Black History Month mm-hmm. and uh, iTunes. We at uh, Black Hollywood Live have a whole sort of front page on iTunes. We have a whole page on iTunes. That's all excellent. of our shows, yeah, uh, all of our BHL shows are there. Um, so the, uh, for a lot, of, a lot of you maybe you listening to us for the first time, we are streaming live to you on YouTube and oh, yeah. on iTunes and on SoundCloud. Is that is that true too? Yes, sir. Oh, so SoundCloud, sure. iTunes, um, and YouTube. You can obviously download us and watch us on YouTube if you're watching. Hello, if you're listening on iTunes, thank you for downloading us and feel free to rate us and um, and comment because this is how other people find out about us for the ratings and comments. And uh, SoundCloud, yeah, I'm not sure how SoundCloud works. So neither do I actually. Huh. Neither do I, actually. How does SoundCloud work, Geely? Uh, I'm not sure how it works as, as it relates to uh, BHL. Right. 
um, I, I will just you know echo out what you're saying. Like we definitely love your feedback, um, any 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 constructive criticism. Like we definitely are paying attention to to you guys and what you have to say about our show. We want to deliver the best content to you guys. So thank you for supporting us, and we want to continue to grow. So thank you, appreciate that. So what what we want to do just really before we jump into our normal sort of running down tech tech news, we want to talk about. Uh, maybe one or two folks. I mean, each, each show is for Black, for, uh, Black History Month is, is, month is sort of highlighting um, some individuals who have helped pave the way for all of us who are here um, as it relates to each show. We do a tech show. We do a culture show. We do Geek Nerd Tech. Um, and so we want to talk about a couple folks. Um, you know, and we didn't really we, we didn't really prepare this ahead of time. So we're, coming up, we're coming off the dome. I mean, I do have some, but, but like I was thinking about specifically, uh, you know, Granville Woods. Um, I think we talked about Granville Woods when, when, when your pops was here, didn't we? I think we did. Yeah, yeah. I think we did. Um, so Granville Woods is, is most notably famous, I mean, he, he, for the technology that sort of brought us, I mean, it, it sort of paved the way for the, I mean, for the walkie-talkie in a lot of ways, but really, he's, 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 he's a engineer, self-taught engineer, who mix, who was able to mix the sort of the, the technology of the telephone and the telegraph at the time yeah. and be able to send voices over wire. Specifically at the time, this was used for um, for the trains and the streetcars and everything else to have, to have people to be able to communicate back and forth, for sure. which was super revolutionary at the time. So essentially he invented the sort of two-way voice wire communication and a lot of other things, but he's an amazing, amazing, uh, amazing mechanical engineer Absolutely. Um, who really, his patents and, and things that he did sort Paved the way for a lot more, um, but he had some trouble with Thomas Edison, didn't he? I mean, yeah, you kind of find out with a lot of uh, a lot of the black inventors of that time. You know, they would be responsible for you know creating something, and it would be stolen by you know by someone that you know by someone that was white, essentially. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, because of the the conditions, the social political conditions of this country, a lot of African Americans still, even to this day, have not gotten credit for things that they've invented that have contributed. Um, Tremendously to you know civilization and culture. So I mean, definitely with with him, I mean that he had some issues. And another Hall of Famer that you know we like to talk about um, is, is Louis Latimer. Sure. And I mean he he's a, a bad brother as well. Mm-hmm. Responsible for developing the the electric filament when you turn on, on your light bulb. Like he's responsible for the filament that's in the light bulb. So right. think about how many light bulbs there are in the world. Mm-hmm. And this man was responsible for inventing that technology. Yeah. And so I mean I, I think the greater um, the greater point is that you know we 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 come from you know a, a great stock of ancestors who who are who are very um, talented and and creative and, and manifestive and they've provided such a, a a beautiful landscape for us to be able to interface today and so I think you know when we talk about Black History Month it's really about acknowledging you know our forebears and our, our predecessors in terms of what they've done to to contribute to 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 life essentially so yeah absolutely I, I agree a thousand percent and you know Latimer was 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 I mean you know Edison the gets a lot of credit for the light bulb and itself but really the modern light bulb as we know it is really Latimer right and so yeah. he went to actually work for uh, the, the the Maxim company I you know, hear Maxim who was like Thomas Edison's rival at the time and it was a big deal because Edison I mean I don't know if he tried to work with Edison or something some controversy there but he ended up going to the rival mm-hmm. and then basically improving on you know um, what Edison did and sort of you know making this the stuff that we still use today although these are not all yeah. none of these are filament light bulbs in here. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's amazing. So it's one of these things where over the years, as as a child, you know, Edison, 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 then the light bulb. But really, yeah. you know, Louis, Louis Latimer doesn't get the credit. And so I, I echo and greet everything you said. And it's, it's always, we shouldn't, 
you know, celebrate these folks only in February. Of course. Of course. Um, we should, we should. And, and not just that. I mean, we, we kind of echo out the popular ones, but there are hundreds of, right. of, of lesser known inventors, sure. men and women, black men and women who have, who have created things that, that we use today. Right. And I, I think it's important to know that history, to know kind of like, oftentimes you just use stuff and you don't really know the, the, the historicity, the historicity behind it. And so right. to know that, that that's part of your legacy, sure. but that gives you more confidence in terms of what you you want to do what what trail you want to blaze what path you want to make yeah so yeah i mean you're right there's more than just a month it's right. it's a, it's every day and yeah there you, cool. there you have it and i i invented this move right here <laughs> and and nobody copied no. it <laughs> no you don't, you don't have to patent Stop. that <laughs> okay no all right <laughs> no, no patent on that no patent on that like, can, we give me a, can we give me an app for that move no the rights are safe on that all right. <laughs> very good very all right good. All right, so let's just let's jump into some some tech news as usual. Um, lots, lots to talk about again this week. Um, we want to talk about a little bit about uh, Jay Z, our man. Hove, Hova, our man Chicken. Uh, so we um, we all know uh, what Dr. Dre has done with Beats and Beats Music, and we know that uh, guys like Neil Young are jumping into the, to the streaming business now. Jay Z, we talked. I think we touched on this a couple weeks ago. Jay Z is getting into the streaming business himself. He's trying to buy or buying one of Spotify's biggest right. Rivals um, for about fifty six million. Um, the company is called is it, is it WIMP like WIMP? Is that yeah. the company? Yeah, um, fifty six million seems kind of cheap. First of all, well, it's a bid. He's not buying it. He, I mean, that's a, that's a starting point. Okay, well, so, that's a bid because I, I read that he's got the inside track here. I mean, it seems it, it seems like he it is a starting point. It's a bid, but it feels like you know he's he's got it. And I'm curious as to why. You know, it just seemed, you know, once, once Beats Music, Spotify is dominating, right? And then Beats Music got into the game. And I said, like I said, uh, you know, Neil Young has something that he's right. doing and some other folks are doing things. I don't understand why is it the move to jump into the music streaming business? Isn't this an oversaturation play here? Or is this something that we don't know? Maybe like, to, uh, like a move what Beats did with Apple to be acquired by Apple for three billion? Or is this another move in, ter- in terms of more media? You know, video, other media in, in the future. I mean, why, 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 why is this the thing? Why, in my why, opinion, why require a music service? In my opinion, I think it's definitely a future, a future chess move. Uh-huh. Um, I think he's, he, I mean, Jay Z's very calculated. He's thinking, you know, three or four steps ahead. So I don't think it's as simple as, oh, I'm just going to buy a, buy a, a, stre- a streaming service. No, I think it's some, a, a newer technology that he's going to develop or bring to the, the landscape, um, that will affect culture. And maybe it's, it's a way for him to, you know, I guess revitalize his own career in terms of like his music. Maybe it's a, like, him being in the face of this will help, you know, it'll kind of like feed each other. But I mean, I, like I said, I think Jay Z's smart. I don't think he gets into business without really, you know, thoroughly investigating what it is. Right. I think the greater point in terms of like hip hop artists, we're seeing, even athletes, we're seeing a lot of um, us, you know, take this entrepreneurial spirit and, and, and do more than just, you know, typical things like fashion or liquor sure. brands. Now we're going into the tech space. Right. And I think it's good to see him in this space. I mean, being that he's such a, already a mogul, he, he, I mean, it's good for him to have kind of like his fingers. On on something that's tech. So well, it's interesting. You know, he has his his, his, his rivalry with Nas, and Nas is involved. <laughs> Nas is involved in the startup in, in the startup uh, in a venture cap, in a VC business, and Nas invested in something like two hundred fifty companies. Right. Nas has like two hundred fifty startups, like real legitimate startups exactly. that, he, that he's that he's a part of. So maybe Jay Z is like, you know, I can't let Nas get. But but what's interesting to me about this, uh, aside from that, is that it's, it's what we talked about last week about brand loyalty. Like, so we talked about how. 
Apple has aligned itself with uh, with, with with Beats yeah. and. You know, Spotify has aligned itself with PlayStation, yeah. and then you know, who knows what Microsoft mm-hmm. is going to be? I mean, Zoom is dead, but you know, maybe it's that. Uh, it makes you wonder about sort of, and then and then I also wonder about like you know, Dr. Dre's music is not as readily available on Spotify anymore because he's on Beats. Right. I mean, what is this going to be? One of these things where you know you have all these different formats, and then we have only like 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 we're having with content, like Sony. You know, Crackle didn't work because it only had Sony stuff, and Sony stuff wasn't available on Netflix, and Netflix stuff wasn't available on. You know, is it? Are we headed towards that? Do you worry about that? I mean, you know, that, that's a good point. It's an interesting point in terms of how, like, how the pie is being carved up, and like how the the lines are being formed. I, I think there's going to be a war that's waged, and I, I think you you are going to have that dynamic where you'll have one company that has more or less of something. But right. I, but I think I think regardless, in, in terms of music, if you favor an artist like you see always have the option to buy that artist right so maybe you won't have it streamed f- through your favorite streaming service but if it's that big of a deal where you're not getting an artist just buy his catalog sure and then you're good sure uh, Hudson do you do you do you stream do you stream do you use services I use Spotify yeah. you're a Spotify guy mm-hmm. okay. are, you a, are you a subscriber or are you a free I am a subscriber yeah okay. I was I was free for a long time and then they got me uh, the, I wanted to be able to play it on my phone when I drove so right. I needed to pay for it but it's been worth it yeah, I agree. Like, I mean, like, were, you, were you an early ad- adopter, or, were you, or did you come late to the party? I honestly got it maybe a few years ago when it first okay. came out yeah, and stopped too. using it. Uh, oh. and, and, stuck, and stuck with iTunes for a long time. Right. Honestly, most of my music I get off of a website such as Hype Machine, which is a blog aggregator. Oh, okay. That has a lot of music that is not on any ready. Is that it's not on any streaming service because okay. it's newly released by by small DJs working out of their basements. Oh, that's great. So it's a lot of remixes of popular songs or even up um, upcoming artists that haven't even had a debut yet. But you can download most of their uh, their music for free and put it into iTunes or even import it into Spotify now. Oh, wow. Which works out pretty well. Hype, hype Machine. Yeah, huh? Hype Machine. Hypem.com. Oh, wow. Hype Machine. That was my nickname in, in college. Oh, no. Oh, no. I right. knew it. I knew he was going to say that. I was like, he better not say that was his nickname in high school. We just lost 15 Twitter followers. Yep, there it goes. Hype Machine. Oh, uh, all right, that's good. So, well, I know I want to check that out. So, um, what else we got? Uh, oh, Grammys, speaking of music, Grammys are coming, um, and a lot, like, for the first time, CBS is making a big stink because they're going to be able to allow you to finally stream the Grammys and watch the Grammys live from all your mobile devices, from any of your devices, which is the first time this has really happened. We talked a little bit about this before, about um, live television being the thing and, and all this cord cutting that's going on and, 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 and our, this younger generation being able to find ways to not have to subscribe to these cable companies and doing things like, you know, Roku and, and, uh, you know, Apple TV and, and a combination with and Amazon Prime and a combination of all these others to be able to to be able to make their own thing. Well, CBS. The reason why CBS is doing this is because they're launching their own their own streaming services, CBS mobile apps, their own all access app, and it's like a it's it's going to be probably between five ninety nine and like nine ninety nine a month. Yeah. And the thing about it is, is it sounds like why would I pay for free CBS? But what they're giving you is their entire back CBS catalog, so you can go back and watch entire seasons of Good Times or entire seasons of the you know the Dick Van Dyke Show or whatever else is on CBS. Their entire catalog, which could be interesting for nerds like me, and not just that. Not not just the entire catalog for for stuff that's you know like a live event like the Grammys. They're going to offer exclusive content like behind the scenes stuff or you know oh, deeper okay. commentary with the artists that yes. you may not get watching you know just the normal pathway. So I think 
I mean, th- those are the, the selling points of it. I mean, you take away, you take away both of those. Like, what's the point? You right. know what I'm saying? But yeah, I mean, I think, I think it's, it's, it's cool that they're using the technology to be able to, you know, reach audiences in a different way. Well, let me ask you, the technology is fantastic. I love the idea of being able to give you exclusive content and other day give you a back catalog, but would you pay for it? I mean, it's CBS. What, what I pay for it? Well, I know you Absolutely ain't gonna pay for it. Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> I know you ain't gonna pay for it. But I mean, <laughs> would, would someone pay for it? I mean, would you, would you, wait, Lexus, would you pay for this? You're, you're the generation. Probably this is not. That. No. no. I'm, I'm really cheap, so no. <laughs> but do you, so wait, you, just because this is your, this is a young generation thing. Yeah. Do you what do you what do you have? Do you, do you are you a cable subscriber? Are you a dish person? Or do, are you just online? I'm mostly yeah. I'm definitely more of a streaming service. So it's more right. like Netflix, Netflix. Uh, HBO Go, yep. Hulu, you know that kind of thing. Okay. Um, I, I do know that a lot of my friends who are in their young, like late, not late to young twenties, like anywhere in between that, like th- that, a lot of them if they don't really have cable, like at right. all, and if they do, it's mostly just because either someone, like a roommate, can probably afford it, or they're still living with their parents, you know, right. that kind of thing. Because yep. I, I don't know anybody who really watches TV anymore. Right. So you, so you do an aggregate of like you know Hulu and Netflix and and all these yeah. other things, but do you pay for each of those? I mean, that kind of adds um, up, right? Well, it's nine ninety nine, nine ninety nine. It's like yeah, yeah I know. Bucks. Well, with Netflix, um, I share with my roommates. Okay. So they're because they have that shared streaming service now that you can right. have up to like four different devices to do oh. that. Um, and then uh, there's uh, HBO Go's television provider, so my mom watches it more than I do. But right. it's just and it's, it's an attachment. But you don't care enough about CBS or CBS programming, you not think, to, to pay really. an extra five ninety nine? No, not really. I mean, okay. and most of the time, either some sort of streaming service, like especially like with Hulu, they usually take that up, and I and I pay for Hulu, so. Okay, yeah. cool. Hudson, what, how do you how do you consume your media, or do you? I use uh, Spotify for music and Netflix and Amazon Prime for everything that I watch. Wow, that's and, it exclusively. Yeah, those three things. Really? So anything no, else? I can, go? Anything else I can find on YouTube and <coughs> other things? Well, those three services have basically everything that I want to watch. Right. Uh, yep. I was a cable cutter a long time ago, and all through college, we didn't even have cable. We had I lived with seven guys my sophomore year, and we right. shared a subscription for Netflix, wow. uh, which worked out pretty well. Ended up being very cheap and very worth it because we could have all our devices on it. Wow, this is interesting. I mean, this is this is this is. I, I'm fascinated by this because I'm a, of a generation of you know, of um, well, my generation of, 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 of rabbit ears. I'm of a <laughs> rabbit ears. I'm not, uh, not going to lie, Joe. Like yeah. our, our roommates sometimes like like to watch like the Super Bowl or anything that we can't get a hold of. Sometimes we actually have like because you can go to Fry's or Best Buy, you can buy the little tiny like antennas. That oh, you okay. Can, yeah. So sometimes we'll like for the Super Bowl, we did that. Wow, that's awesome. Okay, cool. Well, I mean, this all, this all I mean, fascinates answer, me. Answer, answer your own question. Going. Answer yeah. your own question. Would you pay for this? I don't know. This is. This is I'm, I'm trying to figure this out because I, I, you know, right now my cable bill just came in at like 175 or something for AT and T Uverse, as which is really res- ridiculous. And it's like I think it, you know, it, it sometimes it's more depending on what happens from an on demand standpoint. But like. Uh, yeah, but if I add up, you know, I do have Apple TV as well. I have Xbox as well. I have all these. I have the Google, little Google joint. The Chromecast. All, yeah, I've, I've got Chromecast. So I have all these other things already. So, and, and even in my, in my, in my Samsung TV, I've got all these apps and this in, built into Samsung TV, but all these apps built into the, uh, Blu-ray player. So I feel like, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to cut some cables. I'm just concerned, mostly concerned about sports and live hit, events. Just, just hit the bar, bro. Huh? Just hit the bar. Yeah, that's another way of cheating the system is just go to a bar. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, hit so, me up and, and you know, we'll, right, we'll, we'll do our thing. Are you going to come? Can I go? Yeah. Can I go, Kelly? Can I go? Yeah, of course. Of course. All right. Are you 21? I'm 25. <laughs> Shut <Okay>. up. <laughs> Jeez. Are you, um, oh, wait. So are you cutting cords? 
you know, I'm thinking about it myself. Like when you like how you kind of just broke it down. That's right. that's been my philosophy, like or my thought process rather, like adding up the numbers. Like, does it make sense for me to be paying this amount for cable when yeah. I when I don't really consume cable? I, I watch it for sports. That's right. really much, you know, all of it, it, all that it is. Everything else, you know, we stream or whatever. So, I think, um, you know, economically speaking, I think it, you know. I think it'd be more fitting to actually go without cable. Hmm. So I'm, 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 looking, I'm, I'm looking into this. I mean, Let's test see. it. Test it for a month or two. Like you can't get it back. And especially with something like Amazon Prime, you pay a little bit more than Netflix, but free two-day shipping, it it's life-changing. Right. All right. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, maybe a guy, I mean, I'm a big supporter of Amazon Prime anyway, so we'll see. That's another one. So I have all these fragrant services. Uh, moving on to the Super Bowl, interesting data that came out from, from, from Missy Elliott's guest appearance, which was, again, my generation, Missy. Her and I are the same age, so we're both 30, so which is cool. But um, the <laughs> Missy Elliott's <laughs> performance at the Super Bowl and, and Katy Perry's halftime performance was a monster for her in a lot of ways. So to, put, to give some, some perspective, um, there was a... Uh, Katy Perry received a bump as a, as performers do at halftime. They receive a streaming bump. Katy Perry received a eighty five percent or eighty nine percent bump in, in Spotify usage of, because of her performance, and she saw and iTunes as well, which is great for her. Missy Elliott saw a six hundred and seventy six percent jump, yeah. and it, it's crap. a lot. Yeah, I didn't even know that. Yeah, yeah it's that's, a that's lot. Pretty, pretty it's a, it was huge for her. So, uh, and, and and not only that, on iTunes, she had like uh, four, three of her songs that she performed were in, were in the top ten. Yeah, mm-hmm. the top twelve, the top twelve. It was like "Work It" was number four, "Get Your Freak On" was number six, and then "Lose Control" was number twelve. So yeah. that, was, that that was huge for her in every way. And she was kind of laughing and tweeting about it because, as you said, I didn't talk about this offline earlier. A lot of kids were like, you know, tweeting like, "Wow, this 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 new artist, Missy Elliott, this is going to change her career." No way, yeah. seriously? Yeah, this is gonna she's gonna get big because of this, and it's kind of like, oh my god. I mean, she's forty three, so I don't know. I mean, I think it's amazing the power of media, the power of the Super Bowl, yeah, and just you know having all those eyeballs on you, and how that can generate you know <laughs> generate a, a brand for yourself, yeah. Like, yeah. And I, I mean, it's it's giving her life. Like Missy, in my opinion, never fell off in the first place. She's, I mean, she's still an awesome writer yep. for a lot of artists. But sure. for, for her to have, you know, that stage and be able to demonstrate her artistic abilities and then have it pay off in dividends, I think it's awesome. And I, I, in my opinion, I think she was more uh, of, a, of a performer and more of the of a draw than Katy Perry was. Well, it went, what did you think of the halftime performance? We didn't talk, it was great. We, we didn't talk about this. No, we didn't. No, what did you think? It was of it? good. It was solid. It, it was, was I mean, great, right? If I juxtapose it to Bruno Mars the previous year, mm-hmm. I would go. I would go with Bruno Mars. Okay, well, I enjoyed that one a little, little bit better. But mm-hmm. um, I think overall it was it was fantastic. Like the set design, um, the the set list, all right. of that, how the execution of, of it all, the technology that was used, it was, it was beautiful. I think it was, I feel like it was everything it was supposed to be. Right. I and mean, every year, you, what you what you want in picking someone, you want someone with a catalog, you want someone with at least like. Six or seven hits. You mm-hmm. want something that the masses will enjoy, uh, it, you know. And so, and then, and then that person could bring in some other new faces, for sure. or some older faces. Right. I think that was perfectly executed. I like Katy Perry for someone who can't dance and is really just sort of a, a pop star. Uh, was great and it was helped greatly by the the the, the actual stage show. You know, yeah. um, and it was one of one of the best I've ever seen. Um, I was a part of a of, of a halftime show back in the day. What? Back, yes, I was. I was uh, I was in the uh, Michael Jackson halftime show. This is a true story. In nineteen ninety five, the Rose Bowl, I was with Radio City Music Hall Productions. In fact, in the Heal the World part of that section, if you look, you see my bald head. I was bald back then too. <laughs> you see me like two fingers up, like doing the whole thing with Michael. 
Um, and the point is making the point the point that not just to big up myself is the point is, is that uh, this has been something like you know Radio City Music Hall Productions used to do it a long time ago and it was a lot based on like things like you know cards and you know based on low tech stuff and now you see this this all this high tech stuff all these crazy LED screens and For sure. and, and this, this really cool things that I, I loved it um, did you see it did you see that thing? I did see the halftime show but I thought the funny thing was how the Internet is taking over the uh, the shark dancers. Yes, I'm so yes. glad somebody people, talked about people it. People are, are are eating up the shark dancers more than anything else about that show. That's true. Yeah. Which I think is uh, which I think is hilarious. Lot, lots of memes on the shark dancers. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you think, Lexi? I actually really liked it. I'm uh, Missy Elliott was the first uh, rap album I I bought. Oh wow, that's, so. that's, that's an amazing fact you just spit out. <laughs> wow, the first rap album you bought like, was on Missy. C- like, that's yeah, crazy. It, like that's what that's it awesome. was. I mean, like wow. I was I was a pretty big fan of like of, of Eminem and Jay and things like that but for some odd reason maybe it was just because she was like the biggest to my brain she was the biggest female rapper right, back right. in the day she I, mean, was. I mean Lil' Kim was pretty big in that time too but I don't know what it was I thought Missy Elliott was just uh, I don't know so it was really I was in the kitchen and I can hear her and I just like ran in with like this big bowl of like guacamole and I was like is that Missy oh my god and I was just freaking out and I was just really glad to see her again. It was Big awesome. Big bowl of guacamole. I like you painting the picture for us. <laughs> Did you spill any guacamole? No, I didn't. Was it spicy? <laughs> yes. <laughs> but All no, right. I just, I really liked it. I mean, I, I really like Katy Perry, and she's she's awesome, but I feel like it became a Missy Elliott. Sure. Show. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. Um, all right. So, uh, moving on. Um, that, was, that was great. Let's just get some science in here. Um, uh, Europa. In the slightest Obama's budget, there's a lot of stuff in there, and and buried in this budget somewhere, um, inside the 18.5 billion dollar budget, there was a cool 30 million (laughs) off to the side. Uh, for, Let me slide you this thirty million. Yeah, thirty million. We're <laughs> cool. Thirty million uh, for a mission to to Europa, which is um, a moon that has a lot of sort of uh, science fiction um, history. Arthur C. Clarke wrote about it a lot, and this is a place where we think there may possibly be some some life there. And yeah. so we talked. I mean, it looks, it looks like we're going. Yes, yeah, it's, it's pretty awesome. Um, I mean. The, the the point that you made that it's been referenced in science fiction and you know a lot of a lot of novels and, and that that respects that it's actually you know on the the table for for discussion on the table for execution rather right and um I think what they're trying to do is you know look to see like you said the uh the the early remnants of life because that they they think that the moon is is very earth like in the sense that it has water underneath the ice and so they want to be able to uh, send a spacecraft out to, into Jupiter's orbit and mm-hmm. it'll, it'll essentially orbit the moon um, 45 times within three years and every time wow. it orbits the moon it gets closer and closer to the moon so it's documenting everything that it sees as it gets closer and so essentially um, they want to be able to have maybe like a drone on the spacecraft or something that they can shoot down onto the moon to be able to, to actually Land. detect the surface to see if there's any any forms of life so yeah. I think exactly. that's, that's pretty awesome well, it's really exciting. it's not that far away that they could have this if this all works they could have this thing launching um, uh, by 2020 yeah. which means it won't really reach uh, Europe until 2030. It's crazy. But that's still 15 years. Yeah. We can know. Yeah. You know? So awesome. we'll see anyway. That, that's, that's, man, interstellar, cool. bro. Interstellar. <laughs> uh, so next, uh, Apple is, is making some news because there, there's some hiring. They're, they're hiring for their own search engine, Apple search. Uh, I don't know if this is a real thing or a real big deal or not. Did I skip a story? No, no, I did. No. no, I did not. No, I actually did. I'm sorry. This is the ISIS story. This is actually something I do want to talk about. Okay. Um, this, this is fine. Really quickly. So, um, you know, 
the ISIS is, is is using a lot, a lot of social media to recruit and to get their sort of their propaganda out. And there's there's been this sort of mild debate over whether or not what is the responsibility of these social media companies such as Facebook and and, and Twitter right. and others in you know in helping sort of get these deliver these messages unwittingly. And I, and it's an interesting debate, like how much it's sort of open question off to both of you guys, an open question all three of you. How much responsibility does a does a Twitter or a Facebook have in monitoring these messages across their platforms that could possibly be um, to recruit or to do other things for these terrorist organizations. I mean, what do you, what do you, what do you, it's a weird thing, but I mean, like, how do you, and, and it's a slippery slope when you say, when you start, I mean, we start monitoring certain organizations and how do you deem, I mean, ISIS is ISIS, but how do you deem, you know, um, those organizations as terrorist organizations? How do you know it's really ISIS? Yeah. What if it's some kid, you know, in his exactly. basement? Like, what happens then? Like, where, where, what, do you, what do you think of it's this? It's a super slippery slope in that sense, because because, I mean, you're talking about people's First Amendment rights, but then the argument is that these are privately owned companies, and, and when you sign up to be, when you sign up for a Twitter account or a YouTube account or Facebook, like you have to agree to the terms of service. So in a way, you're signing away your right for your First Amendment. They could easily come in and be like, "Nah, mute. Right. You're, you're good. Right. Out." Right. So I think, I mean, in, in that sense, it's kind of. It's kind of like tricky because, like, you want to be able to use this platform to communicate and express yourself. But then, if 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 government or an agency or a corporation says we don't like that message, then you know, they can silence you. Right. So it's like, okay, well, then do you choose not to use this 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 platform that we're all integrating our lives around, right. or do you communicate in another way? What about you? What, what's your take? Well, I think one of the issues is that these companies, yes, they are private, so they can decide what to post and what not to post or what to remove and, and what to block. The issue comes in when a government wants to tell a private <coughs> company what to put on their websites and what to allow through. So these companies obviously have free reign to block what they want, but what, but what happens when our government goes in and says, we want you to block this? That's when mm. it becomes more of a public issue rather than a company issue. Right. That makes sense. That makes sense. Alexa, do you have any thoughts on this? That was, li- <clears throat> that was literally the same exact thing that I was thinking was that it I feel like it, as soon as the government starts getting involved with just what uh, <coughs> is being put out there, you know, and things like that, I think it's going to just become a giant problem. Because right. I mean, I mean, it's all for you know freedom of speech, and you're doing whatever you want. Because a lot of people recruit. I mean, uh, like sometimes with like entertainment, some people try to reach out to like celebrities to get on like their podcasts and stuff like that. So right. even just like little things like this, I think it's just it's opening a a big opportunity for people. But at the same time, it could also be. Uh, a downfall, and, mm-hmm. and also freedom of speech doesn't cover things like yelling fire in a crowded building. Right. So yeah. where do those? So where do we draw the line, and where do and where does speech become free, and where do you draw the line between that's no longer okay sure. and that's yeah, still exactly. okay? It's tricky. It's a, it's a slippery slope. I don't I don't know where I sit on this in terms of the responsibility of these companies. I'm still sort of debating it. I feel like you know at some you know I feel like it's at a certain point these even though they're private companies. Um, I mean, you can make the argument about the, I don't know, the person who invented the, the telephone. Like, what, you know, what, yeah. you know, what, 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 what no, like Alexander Graham Bell, but what responsibility do they have to, you know, um, if, if someone's talking and saying things bad, the, the person or the, or the phone company, what responsibility does the phone company have, you know, in this? Or what responsibility does your cellular carrier have in sending text messages to someone that could be evil? I mean, it's a weird, it's a slippery slope. So I don't know uh, where I sit on that. My last point, too, I think for, for the, the social media, 
company, like the whole objective for them operationally is to be able to um, create a, a channel or a pathway for discussion. Right. So in a way, it's like you're, you, the government's saying or enforcing you, know, you to you know put your hands in and, and squash these conversations. But that's the way that you're monetizing your site in the first place by having right. these conversations. So how do you? dictate which conversations can and cannot be had like what are the rules for that like yeah. are, are they unspoken rules you just do it whenever you feel like it right like that all that has a lot of coherent problems to it yeah i just think it's, there's too many blurred lines in this situation yep yeah um like pick said <laughs> um really quick uh there is a person in the chat role his name is paul and he paul. says shout out um to uh, all the way from england hey. what's up paul uk okay. jolly old england I can't want to do any, any English accents. Please don't. All right. My business partner, Steve Berry, would kill me if I started doing some, <laughs> British, some British stuff. But, uh, you know. Thanks for thanks, listening, thanks for listening across Appreciate the pond, you, Paul. Appreciate you. Um, all right. So let's move on to Apple. Apple's hiring for its own search engine, Apple Search. I don't know if this is what, what you know, we don't know if this really means they're really going to make a move and do the next Google or the next Bing. But, you know, Google's a company that started in the search business and now is in the gigantic everything, so the information tech business. Um, we also know in the middle of that, you know, Apple's in, obviously in the, in the hardware business and the tech business who may be going into the search business. Um, we know in the middle is, is, is Microsoft who, you know, Bing has been hammering Bing and, you know, and Bing used to be involved here at, at After Bus Black Lives Matter. I, I don't know if Bing is successful. They're still hammering it. Uh, what do you think about Apple Search? And I will say that, you know, they're, the idea of Apple Search and isn't necessary. I'll ask both of you because they, you know, what's happening is, you know, these curated searches that they do through Siri and, um, Everything, but they, they through through Siri, uh, and also the how they're they're kind of botched launch, but ultimately successful launch of Apple Maps, which people thought was horrible at first, but now I, I love Apple Maps. Now I think I think I think Apple Maps is great. I don't, now I, don't, yeah. I know, yeah. but this is my point. So, do we need an Apple Search? Do you, is this a good idea? And you know, what do, what do you think of this? I mean, I, I think it's a good strategy for Apple um, because you talk would about. You, would you use it? Um, if, if it was the functionality of it was com- competitive, you would to, drop Google. If it was competitive to Google, absolutely. Right. Like if not, why? I mean, I wouldn't. Of course I, I mean, for, for the integration because you're an iPhone user. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Like I think Apple is doing a great job with hardware, software, and now you know they want to keep you in their 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 chamber, their ecosystem. They want yeah. they don't want you to leave out out of their system. So yeah, you got to think how how much search is a part of our lives. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? absolutely. So, so Apple to own. That space, or to compete in that space, is a good move for them. I mean, Google is, is as much as Google is in everything else and everywhere else. The search is still their most prop- profitable thing. I mean, that's right. where they make their money. Yeah. So much so, I think they pay Apple. They pay Apple like a billion dollars or something like that just just to be their their mm-hmm. default search. You know, they, mm-hmm. they, so Apple's. I mean, Apple's willing to say goodbye to that B. You know, <laughs> just to have their own search engine. That we, don't need, we don't need that. We don't yeah, need that billion. Exactly. I mean, that means there's some real money here involved. What do you, what do you think? I don't think Apple Search is a good idea. Okay. Uh, a company cannot do everything. And okay. if you're going to go search something on the internet, how many people say, I'm, I'm going to go Bing that? Right. Not very many. It's always, no. it's always I'm going to Google that. They tried They tried really hard to get the, the Bing in their, and, in their lexicon. And, didn't work. and Google did for search what Apple did for phones. You know, right. you go to Google.com and it's clean, simple. You yep. go there for what you need. The, the iPhone is clean, simple. It does exactly what you need to do. Right. Why? I mean, if you're going to come out with, with something totally revolutionary and different, great. Yeah. But if you're just going to try to make a competitor to, to something that has so much market saturation already and is already working so well, 
I don't see what their strategy but is that's going the thing, to be. That's the thing with Apple, in my opinion. I don't think they, they come up with products or services just to match what is out there. I think their whole their whole brand is innovation. Their whole brand mm-hmm. is changing the game. So if they do come up with the iSearch, it's going to be something that's different and unique and more you know more sophisticated or more more interesting than what's Google, mm-hmm. what Google is doing. If Apple Search can do for, for the iPhone what Google Now does for Android devices, where... Right. Because Siri kind of falls short on that, I think, yep. where you try to tell it to do something and it <laughs> and, and it sometimes gets it right, and right. sometimes you want it to play an, 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 a certain artist, and it'll and it'll find you a, re- a website on the wrong thing. Right. It'll just make a left turn. Whereas Google Now does that very very well. So if Apple's trying to compare with is trying to compete with that, it could be a good move. Okay, sure. sure. Well, see, I, I do I do agree though with the whole like keeping you in the in one big tent, keeping you in this ecosystem. I like the idea of that. So I don't know. We'll see. I mean, Apple Apple's pretty much batting a thousand here um, almost with everything except for the Apple Watch which I hope you know, which we'll talk about uh, in a second but speaking of before, you know, before we move yes, on go. I wanted to re- I wanted you guys to see this comic because as oh. soon as you brought up this whole search engine thing with being in Google this is the first thing that came to my brain so <laughs> that's funny that is, that is very funny if you can see that on YouTube uh, yeah, and I'm still using Ask Jeeves Remember Ask Jeeves? Is that still around? <laughs> no. Oh, okay, what to say? I think it's just ask.com. It's just yeah. ask.com yeah, ask. now. Yeah. Ask Jeeves. <laughs> I actually used that, and I thought it was very informative. So. Jeeves. Jeeves it. What's your Jeeves that? Jeeves it. <laughs> <laughs> what do I didn't catch on? That's terrible. <laughs> it's going to start trending now. Well, <laughs> Twitter. Hashtag, Jeeves, ask hashtag, Jeeves. Hashtag, hashtag, bring back Jeeves. <laughs> um, all right, so where are we? Those do the Apple search. Da, 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 da. Oh, Google, Google Glass. Glass. So, you know, I think this might be our, I won't say it's our last Google Glass story, but we've been talking about Google Glass for over a year, about 18 months now. Yeah. And the rise and the fall and the rise and then the, the, now the fall. It's kind of official. Google Glass. Google is saying Google Glass is dead. There's this interesting article in the, in the New York Times about you know why Google Glass broke, and they just announced sort of like that that they're sort of you know sort of stopping it. And I think that what they're saying is, which is it's interesting. It's more. It's a story also about sort of marketing and things getting away from you as it is in technology. Is Google was trying to develop this technology, uh, Google Glass, and they're working on it. They're pretty excited about it, and they're kind of really wanted to do like a small rollout. But they're Google, and the technology was so crazy that by the time uh, news broke and things leaked, and PR companies got a hold of it, and celebrities and this, that, and the other, it became this, such a massive cultural launch for the for the idea. And, and you know, there's a thousand think pieces written on it and what it means and you know and the privacy. It became such a gigantic, ubiquitous launch before it was even even real or tested. Right. You know, last year at CES, we were there, and it was like you know the thing, and it's like it kind of got away from Google. And the, 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 what they're admitting now is it was never ready. Yeah. It was never ready, and it kind of like got got away from us, and but so it, we kind of put it out, but it was never ready. And it was never. I mean, like you said, it was never meant for for mass market. It was meant they had, they had the, the the Google Explorer program where they only gave it to you know select people, geeks and right. and programmers, developers, so that they could be able. They wanted input from people that were in that space. Right. And so I think because of the exclusive exclusivity of it, like that 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 got on the radar of PR companies. Well, we want one too. Yeah. We want to cover this product too, yes. and so that I think having all that attention, then coupled with the fact that it wasn't ready, I mean, boom, 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 and then coupled with the fact that yo, this is like one of the first wearables that you know is is really hitting mainstream, yeah. and like people are not they're not adjusting to it. Like I don't want to be a photo taken. I mean, yeah. what is that on your face? Like what is that? And I think, so, I think also ideal uh, from an ideological <laughs> standpoint, it also fulfills the promise and the dream of that we talk a lot about, like that we think about with sci-fi. It fulfills the promise and dream of things that are like in Minority Report and all some of these other 
movies that we all want. So I think that, you know, the, the cultural zeitgeist was just wanting Google Glass so bad to work that everyone sort of jumped on this whole, like, Google Glass and wrote about it and tweeted right, about right. it and da-da-da. And then, like, I, you, know, I, you know, I never thought I'd say this in my life, but I kind of feel bad for Google. I don't. You know? <laughs> because, because they're going to they're gonna create something. They're going to either buy some buy someone out that's going to create the, the better Google Glass and they're going to create something even doper. Well, what they're, well, I think what they're doing is, I think this is, this is also, I think this is also a gigantic, this is them getting ahead, you know, you know, in PR and stuff. This is them sort of getting ahead of this and controlling the story. With this, by them saying, hey, like, shut up everybody, Google Glass is dead, this allows them to go back and perfect it. Exactly. In, in private. And because yeah. it, it's not dead. You know, they're, they're not, the technology can't be dead. They just want so, them to stop talking I, about it for a, a, a little while so they can catch up. Exactly. Right. So I'm trying to get people to stop talking about it, stop asking about it, stop writing about it, and let us just go do it in secret somewhere in some secret Google lab in, you know, in, in India and figure it all out. Alexis? No, it was just um, the last thing, the last piece of news I heard, which was weird that you, I, I didn't hear that Google Glass was dead for some odd reason. I heard that they're they're kind of just postponing any more um, releases on it because they want to make them look like actual glasses. That's what well, glasses. we reported that too. We, we, yeah. we reported that story too. Uh, but uh, the you know the the latest here. Um, I'm not missing it here. I mean, the, I, I, the latest is that, that that Google is actually saying that we're it's stop bugging us. We're not, oh, we're, not okay. we're not doing it anymore. And not just that, I think uh, uh, some of their key um, advisors or managers of the Google X project, or whatever. Right. Well, yeah. I think a lot of those guys have either have stepped down or have moved on. Or from what I've read, it's, it's definitely a case closed. Google trash. Okay. All right. Uh, There's okay, an so interesting parallel though with the Google self-driving cars. I mean, a, a big a, a lot of the complaints were that people were trying to drive with these and trying to read their news while driving, which is just right. as bad as you know, holding your phone in front of you. So the irony but there. Yeah. Once your car can drive itself, maybe Google Glass will come back where hmm. you don't even have to hold the device again. Right, right, right. right. Google Glass is planning one big comeback, 2020. I do have to say, like, I, I tried the Google Glass. Yep, it's pretty awesome. It was pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, you shot actually yeah, shot something mm-hmm. recently with Ryan with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think. For you know, like the, the very the rudiments of it, I think it's dope. I, I, I see the potential of it. I mean, of the technology as it as it you know develops in the future, maybe with another brand. I, I look forward to like this type of technology, this wearable type of technology. So, right. Um, okay, so we want to get to Ryan. Get to Ryan. Let's get to Hudson here in a second. I'm going to run through <laughs> that so quick. Let me get the next. Run through all these in about in about two minutes. Okay, let's get it. Uh, so, uh, um, Apple Watch. Nope. <laughs> Come on! You said quick. <laughs> no, no, no. Apple Watch. Uh, this company that wants you allows you to will be allowing you to rent the Apple Watch for a week and try it out for twenty bucks and then see which one you want to buy. I'm going to do that because the price range is anywhere from two ninety nine to five thousand dollars. Before oh I do gosh. anything in that realm, I would like to see if it works. As as I said in the show, I'm a big proponent of the Apple Watch. I'm excited about the Apple Watch, so I want to rent that joint first and see if it works. So that's that. We can move on to the next one. Um, um, we want to talk. I do want to talk about this this app because I know that you, you use it this app of the week, which is um, is called the you know, Acorns in, in Investment New Investment App. Which um, the idea of this of this app is it, it it is something that you would use. You can pay for your stuff like a la Apple Pay, and tell me if I've got this wrong. And then whatever your 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 spare change is, it rounds that up and invest invest it into um, some things of their choice. Is that how's this app work? Yeah, so I've actually been using this app for a uh, a while now, and the way that it works is you connect your debit card or credit card to to your Acorns account and whenever you make a purchase let's say you buy coffee for 275 it'll round your purchase up to $3 and then take that 25 cents and invest it into a diversified portfolio for you okay and the diversified por- portfolio of Acorns choice or of Acorns choice so okay. you 
there there is some customization. You okay. enter all kinds of information like your your age, what your income is, what your industry is, what age you want to retire, what your your investment strategy is, and then based on that, it'll it'll pick a strategy for you. So. Uh, low risk, low gain, or high risk, higher gains, or long term growth, or or any number of different strategies, and you slowly just see the change pile up. And the way that it works is every five dollars total, it'll put that in for you. Uh, and I've been using it for a long time now. And and I love money? it. I have made up? money. I've I can, made seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> I can actually log in here, and it'll say, "Yeah, my 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 net gain is." Three point five percent. So okay, so that's, that's cool. more than if I had just been putting coins in a jar. I now have three and a half percent more than that amount. Well, more could, than like if you use your check card, you get like one percent back for gas or two percent back mm-hmm. for groceries. More well, than this that. For, well, this is for your credit card too. So not only do you get the percent back on your credit card, but you're also getting the return from the investment on Acorns. That's awesome. Now, can you and then can you cash out at any time? You can cash there out at, you, you can cash out at, at any time. There's no fee for cashing out. And if I think if your account has less than five thousand dollars in it oh. the fee is only one dollar per month okay that's good well i mean that's a, I, I i'm a little we'll talk about this a little later mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm a little you know dubious of this sort of like cashless society to certainly you know, see everything cashless and then i'm giving my cash that doesn't exist to another company to go invest it in something in some weird cloud of cash <laughs> that i may or may not get back i'm a little paranoid about that but it sounds cool. I mean, and on a whole other level, it's just a beautiful app, too. Okay. If you appreciate an app for how it actually looks yes. in addition to how it, it, it functions, it is a beautiful app. Okay, cool. What's um, up, man? Uh, so, really quick, let's run down these. I'm running these movies because it's February right now, Keely. I got, I got to get through this. Uh, this was going to be yesterday. I'm so now. excited. You're so excited about February? February is traditionally the worst movie. No, no, no. no. I meant movies. <laughs> oh, okay. Tra- February is traditionally the, the the month where most studios sort of dump their, their turkeys, dump their bad movies. Movies that were they spent a lot of money on it. Maybe they thought it would be something, and then ended up not being anything. Or, 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 or they, well, they spent less money and hoped that it would be something. Yes, yeah. exactly. So, uh, so Jupiter Ascending is one of these movies that uh, done by the Wachowskis, who did The Matrix and Cloud Atlas and some other stuff, which was supposed to be a big summer blockbuster release, and the studios got to look at it and were like, February. Um, I'm gonna <laughs> run, and, and there's a few like this. So, I'm gonna that opens today. I'm a I'm a, I'm a Wachowski apologist and loyalist, so I'm Same really here. excited about this. But is this gonna suck, Akili? Yes or no? Thumbs up. You like it? You Thumbs think it's up. gonna be good? I think it'll be good. Thumbs up, uh, Alexis. Thumbs okay. up for sure. Do you care? I mean, well, Bila Kunis was good in Book of Eli, which is a sort of a futuristic sci-fi movie. Yeah, but. Shannon Tatum, I don't know. Thumbs down on you. Okay, all right. All right, okay, Hot Tub Time Machine 2. I liked Hot Tub Time Machine 1. I loved it. I'm very excited about this one. I don't care what you say, Alexis. No, I really like the first one. I really, I just think that they're milking it, and I think it's going to be really bad. Okay, go. Keely? I I will not see it in the theaters. Oh, no, okay. I will will download it. Do you care? I'm not going to see it in in theaters either. All right, it sucks. Fifty Shades of Grey. No, 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 no. Honey Bunch is a no, no. Okay, Honey Bunches of No. no. I'm going to no on this one. Akili, I know you're going to see this one. I mean, you read all the books, bro. I did. <laughs> so? <laughs> nah, man, I'm not, I'm not going to you're see cool this one. You're cool on Fifty Shades of Grey? Nah. Maybe on DVD when it comes out okay. a long but time Okay, but will later. it suck? Will it suck, yes or no? No, it will not. No, it will not. It will make a lot of money. It'll make okay. so much money. It's okay. going to be ridiculous. All right, but okay. that doesn't mean that it doesn't suck, though. True. true That's true. true. Okay, so Kingsman. The Kingsman of the Secret Service. Uh, I actually want to see this. This, this is another one. It's that looking pretty fresh. Another one that's supposed to be a big summer release. That's something to happen. It got big stars. It's got Colin Colin Firth. It's got uh, Tim Jackson. It was supposed to be a big release. They they pushed it to February. Although it looks kind of Michael 
Kane's in it. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm excited. I, I think I think it might suck, but I'm but I'm still gonna see I'm it. I'm still gonna see it. Is it gonna suck, like Alexis? I uh, I feel like it's it might, but I really I don't know. All right, Keely, it's gonna suck. No, it's gonna be good. Okay, it's, it's gonna, gonna be good. I'm oh, gonna see it. All right, you guys are all suckers. It's gonna suck, <laughs> but I'm gonna see it anyway. Last wow. but not least, <laughs> last but not least, we'll, uh, focus. God, I uh, hope this doesn't suck. I really, I really want this to be good. I, really I love a good con man movie. I love all my con movies. I love Will Smith. I love this, Margot this Robbie. This is literally Hitch, but darker. It's not. It's it no is. Hitch. It it's is. a con man movie. Okay. Hey. Okay, go. Is it going to suck, yes or no? Okay. No. Uh, Keely? No, it's not. It's Hitch meets Matchstick Men. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see it. Matchstick match Hitch. Uh, I don't think it's going to suck. I, I'm really excited about it. I don't know, but it's February. Who knows? Okay, that's it. Okay, uh, <laughs> Hudson... Lofty, thank you for sitting in with us, mm-hmm. and thank you for being here with us and, and, and going through all that. We want to talk about um, a little about you and about you know, the company and about uh, about the company Trey, um, what you work for. But before, uh, well, actually, let me let me let me just jump into Trey. So there's this, this, this app, which is uh, as I understand. Why don't you tell us about the app? Well, uh, first off, this is our uh, older interface. The new one is okay. much, much prettier okay, and sorry. better to look at. Oh, Don't that's totally good. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, basically, what the app is is it lets it's the only app that lets you have a full customer experience inside of a venue, like a bar or a club or a restaurant or a hotel. Uh, there's other apps out there that might let you pay your tab or uh, or send gifts, but we're the only app that lets you do everything. It's awesome. Uh, right. So imagine going to a sports bar. We were just talking about this earlier. Mm-hmm. If, you're, I mean, if you're at a sports bar and the bar is five people deep and there's a game on and you don't want to leave your table, you can just pull up your app, check into the venue, say the parlor here in West Hollywood, uh, browse the whole menu. You'll get uh, five bucks off your first order just for down, uh, well, just for downloading the app. Uh, place your order and uh, every table has a marker on it so you know where you are. And you'll be notified just like the Domino's Pizza Tracker when your order's been uh, accepted, when it's being prepared, and when it's on its way to you. Right. And you get a reward point uh, for each order, and those can be redeemed for things like free food or free drinks or skipping the line uh, or any number of uh, of things that the venue might uh, might want to reward you for. Right. That's awesome. That that sounds fantastic. I mean, I there's I mean no there's a couple there's been a couple of attempts of this in the past. I mean there was a restaurant. um, I forget there's a couple restaurants that have like the tablets on the on the on the the Mm -hmm. thing, and you can use those. And some of those were work, some of those didn't. Um, and there are some competitor apps out there, like Tabbed Out and some other ones in Rush. Like, how do I mean? What's what what what's what, what makes Trey better than some of those function from functionality wise better than some of those other apps and some of those services? So Trey works really well for both customers and for the venues. Right. Uh, a lot of these apps they have some shortcomings where they've designed it solely based on how the customer will like it, which is a good way to start because that's who's going to be using it the most. Right. But they fall short on not taking into consideration how the venue will appreciate it or how the staff will appreciate it because if right. the venue staff doesn't get behind it it's going to fail because right. okay. they're the ones who actually have to facilitate your, your order right. uh, so we put just as, um, as much time into making sure the app works well for the servers and the bartenders and the managers as it does for the customers actually using it right. so the app also works uh, um, it can be used by customers and by venue staff so a customer can have it on their smartphone uh, download it place orders for themselves or a staff member or a uh, staff at a bar can all have trade devices and place orders for customers instead of going to a table and writing something down on a pad of paper, taking it back to the kitchen, entering it into the right. the register there, then going back to the next table and then back and forth and back and forth. They can save a ton of time and spend more time with each customer by just entering the order on their trade device. 
Excellent. So, so I, want, I want to follow with the question. I, um, I mean, you see a lot um, with, with with apps and just the landscape of business where, you know, a lot of um, traditional pathways of doing business is being disrupted by, you know, new, new ways, like hence Uber. Like, is this like kind of like the Uber for, like, the service or hospitality industry? You, you can definitely say this is the Uber for drinks. Gotcha. It's drinks on demand. Okay. You don't have to wait for your server. You don't have to wait for the bartender. You can order them whenever you want to. Got you. That's uh-huh. awesome, man. That is awesome. So, um, well, the... the um, I'm sorry. So the, 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 I'm, I'm like earlier, I mentioned earlier. I'm kind of concerned about the this the, the moneyless society. Some some mm-hmm. some people think that it's really convenient. We talked a little bit about it with our tech expert um, um, last week, and uh, this is sort of leans towards that 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 cashless society. I mean, obviously, this is something that you guys don't care about. How do I know? I mean, how how am I protected? I mean, how am I protected with just my my information and everything else be, being so out the there? So the information in our app is protected the same way that, that your information in say your Chase app or your Bank of America app is protected, mm-hmm. super secure, under yeah. the same security standards. And um, along the line of the of the cashless idea, there's less security in carrying around and uh, having a wallet where you might forget your your credit card somewhere or or leave a tab open or lose your ID right. or be or be pickpocketed. I mean, we, um, even, especially now with with fingerprint ID and and passcodes. Right. I mean, even if someone gets your phone, that doesn't necessarily mean they can do anything with it. Sure. You've lost a phone, but. You have your your information secure. So sure. talk talk about talk about the future in terms of expansion. Or talk, actually, you know, answer it this way: like, how many retailers do you guys have? Like, in, like, is it localized? Is it just in LA? Is it all over the country? Right now, like, it's uh, it's it's in LA. Uh, we have a, a, a few venues in Santa Monica, a few venues in West Hollywood, and a few sprinkled in between. I think we have a we have we have just about twenty venues right now. We have a few bars, a few restaurants, some cafes. Um, all different kinds of venues, and we're going to be expanding that demographic and number of of, of venues very shortly. And we're doing yeah. that now. Excellent. Now, mm-hmm. and I, you mentioned before uh, that it's a you know, it's a B to C business, but you mm-hmm. mentioned it's a B to B option as right. well. Right. We so how does so, that work? So that's our our monetization business model. To business. Yeah. So we have a B to C model, a business to consumer, and a B to B model, business to business. So. Uh, the business-to-consumer is the smartphone app that lets a customer place their orders. And the B2B model is what we sell to the bars themselves, so letting their staff place orders for customers. Uh, and we and we run those two different ways. But the, the app is the same. It's just, uh, how it's just how it's used to facilitate the orders. Right. That's, that's cool. So tell us a little about yourself. I mean, like, what, 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 you, got, what got you into the tech industry? What's your, what's your, what's your background? Uh, well, I actually made a pretty sharp left turn into in, into tech startups. I was actually studying ecology and wow. um, and uh, biodiversity. Up at UC yeah. Davis, I was a, I wrote for the science page of the school paper. I was oh, the okay. editor there for a uh, for my last year. So I was into science journalism and almost took a job in San Francisco right. pursuing that. When a buddy of mine and I decided to start a company, mm-hmm. and that first company that was my first startup and his first startup as well, we uh, we made a LinkedIn style website for high school athletes because we were both athletes. Okay, uh, basically you could what go you, on. Play? Um, I was a swimmer. Okay, cool. And my buddy was a football player. Right. And basically what we could do is go onto this is, is we is we is, is we made this platform where a high school athlete who wanted to be recruited for college sports could uh, make a profile, upload their photos and game films and highlight reels. That's a good idea. And upload all their academic information, which could be verified by the school. And then the kicker was that you could reach out directly to any college coach in the country 
to market yourself. As opposed to that, that's a great idea. So we, so all that information what about that college coaches is is out there. It's just you know it takes a long time. If right. you're an athlete who's tried to get recruited, it's it's a nightmare trying to find all that. So we put it all into one place for you, and then and then we charge for that. So uh, great. how did you pivot into you know the hospitality? Well, that's, an app for well, the that's a very well. That was my first startup, and let's just say I I it was a very good learning experience. Sure, for me. It was <laughs> I mean, a very good a, learning experience. It's a tough racket. It was a very tough racket. Yeah, especially and, out in the Silicon Valley area, yeah. and it's a tough racket. Um, um, and we were, that. and we were not even in Silicon Valley. We were up in the Davis Sacramento area, where right. it's where there's a lot of great tech startup ideas. But the problem is that a lot of them just get pulled away to the Bay Area right. or sure. to LA, where the money is. Yeah. Uh, so it was a good learning experience. Uh, but for this app, uh, I actually had actually done some work with the founder Peter Kellis a little while before. Um, while I was working with this this other startup, my my buddy and I were doing some part time work helping them conceptualize the idea, and we realized we didn't have time to do our idea and work with them, so we parted ways. Hmm. And I left that last company in July of 2014, mm-hmm. and I called I called Peter up and asked if he, was, if he still needed help, and he said yes, come on down, start tomorrow, uh, which I couldn't do because I was you know 400 miles away with a whole life in Davis, so I basically picked up my whole life and. 48 hours and moved my whole life down to That's what you call hustle. Yeah, right. it was hustle. <laughs> Packed up right. all my belongings, put my dog in the passenger seat, and drove down here. There wow, it is, man. That's there it is. Um, like, could you, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm very super interested, too, about the, the, the business mechanism of the app world. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. you know, apps as a business is relatively new to our to our business ecosystem mm-hmm. and in our culture in general. So, I mean, just in a very short time, I mean, you know, like, they, but smartphones are relatively new. Mm-hmm. Apps are smartphones and how do we do apps as a business and as a, as a source of commerce and e-commerce are new talk to me about like the like, the proliferation of like apps now and like it just feels like there's you know, literally hundreds and thousands of apps all the time how millions. do you, how do you well, millions, millions of apps how do, how do you find how do you find your way through that space and, and I get one out? of the one of the main points is that smartphones are no longer a luxury item they used right. to be oh you have the first iphone that's right. something amazing when there's maybe a hundred apps out there yeah. but now you know, everyone's got an yeah. iphone or a galaxy or or god forbid a windows mobile phone Oof. Uh, but you know, everyone's got a smartphone, or everyone right. has access to something that can run some sort of app, whether it be a, a, a tablet or a smartphone or right. or anything. I mean, little kids are being raised on iPads now instead yeah, right. of yeah, their sure. their toys. So there are you know millions of apps, hundreds of th- and with that 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 do all kinds of different things. So I guess the main point of standing out is doing something that no one's done before, or finding something, or just finding something that other people have already done, and then doing it better. Better, right? Innovating. My my thing, like which I'm always interested in, is how you know app companies actually you know market. Like how do you how do you speak to the consumer? How do you yeah. expand your consumer base? Well, that's a big part of of what my job is, which is how I actually heard about Black Hollywood Live in the first place. I was out at an event at the parlor in West Hollywood, mm-hmm. uh, marketing the app. I was there hosting an event, a, a birthday party for a, a friend of mine. Uh, and I was, and and and, the, and and that group was, and that group was only about fifteen people. But throughout the night, I would go up to random people and ask them to download it and try it out and get them their their uh, free drink for downloading it and get their feedback. Uh-huh. And through that, I uh, I I met one of your staff members who mm-hmm. asked me to come on. So that's a big part of it. It's just being out there, being present, right. having having a face. There so, you go. I mean, I mean, if you're going to go out to a bar, it's very rare to see 
an employee of Google asking you what their product is going to be like for you. Right. So, I mean, we're very small, so it's obviously a different situation, but it's it really matters to have customer loyalty, to be there to fix problems, which there are, because for every new every new company has hiccups. Mm-hmm. But if we're there showing them that we're working on it and we're fixing it and we're there for them, I think that's one of the biggest things that customers love to see. Well, Keely's always at the bar, so maybe he can, he can hire Keely when you're sipping. No problem. No, no problem. I'm for, <laughs> I'm for always hire. Always at the bar. No. Uh, let's talk about that. So just last but not least, what about uh, talk about the sort of the the trajectory and the future of Trey and like what what's what's I mean you know, we know where you are now like what talk to me a little about where you hope to be you know and in terms of where you where where Trey's going. So the ideal is for us to be in every venue where you would want access to a service but didn't want to wait for the human aspect of it. Mm-hmm. So anything from valet, you order your car from your phone, it's ready for you when you get outside. I think there's a company that does that. Curb, uh, yeah, curb something. Yeah, curb stand. Yeah, curb stand. Yeah. Uh, or if you're, at a, or if, um, if you're at a hotel, get your room service on an app. Or if you're by the pool, get poolside service. Yeah. Anything, um, any, any service that you would want you can get from your phone because people always have your your phones on them. Mm-hmm. It's the kind of thing. Actually, I was reading this earlier. the The whole idea of BRB is dead because you are never going to be right back. You always have it with you. Right. You're always on it. So if you're always on it, you want to be able to get the things you want right now. Right. That's interesting. Uh, last so, but not least, I just yeah. remembered um, you did mention. Um, you talked about because the, the human element is something that, that that in technology has always been a big fear about. Like you know, the robots are going to take all the jobs, or you know, <laughs> you know, whatever it is. Like the apps yeah. are taking all the jobs, and so you know, as as a former you know, uh, uh, someone in the hospitality industry, as a server, former server, mm-hmm. bartender, all that stuff. Like, I mean, does that is this taking my job? Like, talk to me about this. So, so this is something that we hear about a lot, actually, and it's something that we worked really hard <clears throat> to make sure that it works well for everyone. Uh, a lot of the times when we're going into a new venue, like a bar. And we're training the staff on how it all works. The first thing we hear are cries of, oh, you're just trying to take our tips and take right. our jobs, and mm. why should we even help you with this? Right. And one of the first things that we try to do is say that that's actually not how it is at all. We're here to help you guys out, and you can actually benefit greatly from this. Yeah, you can uh, have more tables. Right, you can have more tables. I mean, if this, more comes into also, if this comes into the minimum wage going up soon also. Uh, where venues overhead is going to go up is going to go up a whole lot, and the last thing that we want to do is to see venue staff have to be be let go. So what Trey lets a, a venue do is serve more orders, get higher volume orders, and then the servers themselves can get higher tips per order too. Wow. We found that uh, an average server on an average night will get between. 15 and 18 percent tips um whereas through trey we're finding um so that's before trey and then now with trey servers who are active on the system are getting about 22 and a half percent average oh, tips okay that's awesome and, and, serve, that? and serving more customers oh wow see no you that's good yeah so it works out well for them so it's the, there is that little that little bump of getting over the the initial change because businesses and restaurants have been doing business the same way for a, a long time and this is a big change getting into the millennial market that's but, for sure, for that's sure. So the robots aren't taking the jobs. The robots aren't taking the jobs. The <laughs> robots are making your jobs better. Good. So I, I applaud you for your entrepreneurial spirit and you know developing this and bringing it to market. I think a big part of our show is you know we want to be able to provide information to our audience. And so I guess my question is a twofold question: What have you learned most about being in this space? And what would you advise that young gal or girl who is mm. like, hey, I want to develop an app? What's my first step? What would you say? Uh, well, obviously there needs to be an idea, and everyone and everyone has a good idea. I'll, I want to solve world hunger. The, the the problem is execution. And making an app that does something might not be very difficult, but making an app that does something well and consistently is a much 
it's a much different game. So it's not just a team of people with an idea selling it. There's a whole system of support behind it. There's developers. There's coders. There's there's testers. There's there's a whole there's a whole ecosystem of people behind making one system work well. Right. Uh, you know, there is a lot of money in LA going towards startups. If, if, if you have a great idea, this is the time to go for it, especially in the mobile space. Mm. Don't compete with us, though. Right. Um, <laughs> uh, I'd Mom's called Frey. I mean, yeah. So I mean, it's it's the kind of thing where. There's there's so many avenues for making something great now. The the tools are there for everyone. Great hey, man, that's what's up, man. Congratulations, bro. Well, congratulations <laughs> and thank, thank you, you so much. much. Yeah. And where, where can yeah. we shout, shout out? Yeah, where can we find the app? Where we can oh, download it. Uh, tell us all about it. So we're on the App Store, the uh, Apple App Store, and uh, Google Play Store. You can find us on usetray.com. Uh, if you want to find out if you're a venue owner and you want us to come check out your, your to come check out your venue and see if we'd be a, a good fit, just drop us a line, drop us an email. Uh, the information is on the website too, and we'll come out there and check it out for you. Fantastic, Great. awesome, man. Um, I think that's it for us. Um, um, you have anything else, Keith? Nah, man. I uh, appreciate you for coming on coming on the show, man. Yeah, thank, thank you for having me. It was great, great um, having you. And actually. then where can we find? I mean, where, where can we find you? Like Twitter handle or anything? Oh, you can uh, you can find me. My uh, Twitter handle is Hudtacular. Okay, Hudtacular. <laughs> you can like find that, me on there. Follow almost, us on Twitter also for Use Tray. Yeah. And our Facebook page, we have great promotions on there for the users. Sometimes we'll put promo codes for for discounts or free drinks. So check us out hey, there too. Sign me the promo code, bro. Yeah, give me <laughs> <a> promo code. <laughs> Uh, thank, well, thank you so much for coming through. Thank you for sitting in with us the whole time. It was, it was a lot of fun and ha- having you. Um, Alexis, where can we find you? You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at atorres890. That's A-T-O-R-R-E-S 890. Shine. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Shine, Brother Joe. Uh, you can find me at on Instagram and Twitter at Joe K. Braswell and in the theater seeing Jupiter ascending tonight. <laughs> tonight. And, and oh, my word. I didn't say, I, I actually, I do think it's going to suck, but I, but I think that I, I will still appreciate it. That's right. all I'm yep. that. All right. All right. Uh, thank you. Oh, wait, one last thing. Yeah. Um, 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 the seventh. The Seventh Son. Oh, yeah. I, I want to see that. The Seventh Son. I don't think is it's going to suck. Okay. I don't think it's going to suck. Can, can no, that's not the thumbs up. Uh, you, do you know that oh, one? I don't know about that okay. one, no. The Seventh Son is 100% going to suck. No, no it's not. No, it's I'm, not. I'm, I'm on record. Official Sorry. Endorsement. All right, that's it. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you guys next week. There it is. Producers Maria Menounos, Dario Kristen, Tiana Hobson, Kevin Undergaro, and the entire BHL crew, we would like to thank you for supporting Black Hollywood Live, the first online broadcast network dedicated to African-American entertainment. For questions and comments, contact us at info at blackhollywoodlive.com. Like us on Facebook, tweet us, or Instagram us at BHL Online. And I'm your BHL announcer, Scipio. Instagram me at Planet Scipio. Thank you for tuning in. Hollywood Hollywood redefined. The views expressed here are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of BHL or its owners or principals.